Hello, motherfuckers, and welcome back to another episode on For the Souls Pod For the Souls Podcast. Um, I'm a little bit flustered tonight because I was originally going to talk about something completely different. I was actually going to give a review about this movie that I just finished the other day and how I think it's programming society. But today I actually, while I was cooking dinner, saw a post and it really threw me into a deep thought about spirituality and the importance of a spiritual foundation. And so as I was thinking about all of this, I started recollecting my journey with a connection to a higher power and the way spirituality has played out in my life. And I was like, you know what? I really want to talk about this tonight instead of giving the review on the social programming of this fucking movie that ultimately I despise, but initially I really fucked with. I just, I I love psych thrillers, but after realizing what she was trying to program into people, I was like, hell no. So anyway, so here we are. Here we are going to discuss the importance of a spiritual foundation. So first and foremost, what the fuck is even a spiritual foundation? Um, If you ask me, a spiritual foundation is the acknowledgement and awareness and acceptance that there is a higher power out there. A higher power that accesses more knowledge than you could ever fathom. And I think the first part of wanting a spiritual foundation is just acknowledging this simple fact. I mean, let's face it, we only use 10% of our brains. I highly doubt we're the most intelligent species. (laughs) And um, I know this to be true, that there is a higher power out there because I've experienced it my whole life. And only now in my adulthood am I realizing that lack of spiritual foundation really makes you more susceptible to being manipulated, to allowing forces that are not in your best interest to infiltrate and corrupt your spirit. And I know people, they get a little freaked out when you talk about like evilness or wickedness or darkness, you know. they There's these terms that are coined by, you know, religious communities and spoken in scripture that I think really scares people and it, it makes people think that evilness is going to be some horned devil that's red and fiery hell and underneath your bed and demons that make you, you know, are, you know, crazy, like what you see in movies and shit. But wickedness and evilness, um, if you ask me, is a lot more simple than that. From what I've observed of life, uh, wickedness is anything that causes you to go against your moral foundation and your value system and standards that you've set for yourself. And it's wicked because when you only prioritize yourself and your selfishness and what you desire, you lack and inhibit the ability to think about what is needed as a whole for the world. And I think a lot of people can't even to can't even begin to think to that level because everything is very much what makes me feel good, which is a little it's kind of a double-edged sword because when I talk to people, I always tell them Be selfish with your healing, but not selfish with your vices. And what we're seeing in society is people who are godless, who are being selfish with 
with their desires and their vices, but not being selfish with themselves in the sense of, am I doing the work that needs to be done to be my most healthiest self? And so when I advise people to be selfish with their healing and selfish with the themselves and to become self-aware in these things, I'm doing it so that when people turn inwardly, right, you begin to know yourself on a deeper level and you bring to the surface that innocence and that purity of your spirit that you once had when you were a child. And in bringing forth that pureness and that innocence that you had as a child, you truly open the door to allow the Holy Spirit in your life. And you know that it's the Holy Spirit because your perspective of life shifts. You no longer feel good giving into your vices. You no longer, let's say you're a person that, you know, you excessively drink. You no longer feel good excessively drinking. You no longer make those excuses for yourself because now you've had a taste of the Holy Spirit. Now you know what it is to walk down a more righteous path and to have a higher standard for yourself. And so when I tell people to go inwardly and to be selfish with that devotion of self-healing to be the healthiest version of themselves, it's because I know that in doing so, they will get the awakening and enlightenment that they need for themselves to reach a higher potential spiritually. And so that brings me to my own journey, right? Because people are like, well, how the fuck do you know this shit, Amy? Like, you speak of all this stuff and how are you for certain? And I think now in my adulthood more than ever, I actually feel extremely certain and just convicted to speak about my own experience because there is no force more great than hearing somebody tell their testimony and feeling the truth of that testimony. It's like when you hear somebody talk about their life and you're just like, feeling exactly what they're talking about. You know it to be true because of the conviction that you feel in that truth. And I feel like when I talk about the Holy Spirit, when I talk about God, no one can deny the power that comes with talking about his greatness and the experience that he's had in my life. And I used to be not ashamed to talk about God and the Holy Spirit, but I felt like I had to be cautious about it. I felt like I had to like, walk on eggshells when I'm talking about it because I know that it's not widely accepted with society and when you grow up being a people pleaser like I was I'm never trying to offend anybody because my intentions are so pure but then I realized why am I stressing if humans see my intentions or know my intentions or not if I know that God knows my intentions God knows where my heart's at when I speak And he knows the place that I'm coming from. So whether somebody on TikTok or somebody on Instagram hears what I say, internalizes it and misconstrues it, that's got nothing to fucking do with me because I know the Lord knows where my intentions were with it. The Lord knows the message I was trying to convey and the Lord knows what my intent was behind it. And his knowledge and his love for me is really all that matters. So why am I going to give a fuck what anyone else says? And I've reached that point in my life. So I talk about this real shamelessly now and without any type of uh, fear of any kind of repercussion or to be canceled or people telling me I'm forcing religion or forcing God on them or all that shit. I don't really care. 
especially now that I see how godless society is. And of course, people who reject God on a day-to-day basis are going to feel when you speak of God that you're forcing it upon them. I mean, their spirit rejects it daily, you know, but notice that these people, when they need God, right, when they hit rock bottom in their life or they need help with a loved one, who do people pray to? They pray to the Lord. And I think that's their instinct, that's their spirit in them, returning them to what they know is embedded in their very being. So for me, on my journey, actually, um, I vividly remember. And you know what? Let me take this back to conception, okay? I was not conceived in the most ideal for certain way and sorry mom if I'm TMIing sorry dad if I'm TMIing (laughs) but to say it very simply and straightforward my father did not ejaculate in my mother I am the product of pre-cum and 30 seconds so the fact that I'm even here to me is a miracle I think that God really intended for me to be born because the circumstances in which I was conceived, it's pretty rare that my mom would have gotten pregnant so easy. Um, So there's that. I think that in itself is a fucking miracle. Um, But the earliest time that I can actually recall having a profound spiritual encounter was when I was really, really young. And I mean so young that I cannot even remember my age. I know that I just didn't know how to talk. And we were at one of my um, aunt's house. She's actually my godmom. May she rest in peace. She's no longer with us. We were at her house in Rancho Marietta. And she lived on top of this hill. And me and my cousins, we would roll down the hill. You know, like you lay down and you roll. And I was little and I was rolling down the hill, having a jolly old time. And I remember um, I got to the bottom of the hill and there was like either a shack or a barn, some kind of development right there, right? Some kind of, not foundation, like a structure that was right there. And I see the mane of a white horse. And I am a sucker for animals. I love animals. So... When I seen the white horse, I walked over to the the barn, right? Let's call it the barn. And when I looked inside the barn, I saw the most beautiful, just not a, not a person, not a person, okay? The most beautiful being. And I know she was a woman because she had flowy hair. And I know she wasn't human because she was shining. That probably sounds fucking crazy to people. But but it wasn't just her shining. It was the horse. And the horse was white. And she was white. She She was literally light. If that makes sense. Oh my gosh. I'm like saying this out loud. Like they both were light. The horse was light. She was light. And I remember, and this is how I knew I was really young, because I didn't even speak yet. I just was pointing to the barn because my cousins came. They came. 
they picked me up. They were taking me back up. But I was pointing to it like I just saw an angel. An angel. Like in, in my head, I knew it was an angel. But verbally, I didn't know how to say I just saw an angel. So after that moment, okay. Let me take a, let me take a sip of water. <clears throat> after that moment that I seen the angel... After that, and you can ask my mom, I would just be in my own world. I had an invisible friend that I would talk to, and um, I just felt I, f- I felt very out of place. And when I say out of place, not not that like my parents. You know, because I was still little at this time. It wasn't that my parents didn't love me, but I I just felt like I was in the wrong place. Like earth. Like earth was not, earth was not my home, if that makes sense. And I used to, I used to think to myself, like, am I adopted? Like, am I, what the fuck is going on? Like, why do I not feel like earth is my home? Like, I know my mom is my mom, but she's not really my mom. And I, I could never understand why I would have these thoughts, right? But then I would I would um, sit on top of my roof or I would lay in the grass and I would look at the stars. And I felt home. Like, I, I, I would swim in the water. I, I would feel the dirt on my hands. I would I would smell the air and feel it hit my skin and I felt home. And I don't I don't know if people understand what I'm trying to say. That was, that was the only place that I really felt like this that's where I belong. I would I would look into the sky and I would see the stars and I would I would I would have this feeling of like longing like like I was homesick. And I would trip myself the fuck out. I would literally trip the fuck out when I would have these thoughts. Because I was a kid, dude. I was like, I'm talking three, four, five, six years old, you know. And um, I remember having conversations with my invisible friend. And I remember I used to tell my invisible friend, like, I want to change the world. I want to help the world. And I would ask my friend, I'd tell him, like, please, like, make me great. Make me great. Use me to help everyone in the world, everyone who's hurting, everyone who feels alone. I I know I'm destined for something great. Please use me. And I, and I, to be a kid and to be be talking to a presence that nobody else can see and you're asking this presence to please use your spirit to help heal the world and to be so young and and understanding and feeling this responsibility that you have and feeling passionate about it is is extraordinary and that's how i felt and the older i got you know family issues start happening and life fucking happens right and i and i lost sight of that i can't really tell you the moment that i stop being so in tune spiritually but I remember that I would try to channel it (laughs) 
And I would sit in front of the mirror and I would stare at myself, literally. I would stare at myself. And if I stared at myself long enough, my soul would leave my body and I'd be my spirit looking at my flesh who's looking at herself in the mirror. And then I would, boom, snap back into my body and I would be like, whoa, like, this is me, <laughs> you know, whoa, like, my name's Amy, this is what I look like, these are my eyes, this is my nose, this is my mouth, I'm brown, I got long skinny fingers, like, and, and I would trip out as a kid, right, to have such an out-of-body experience, and now that I'm older, I realize, like, I was tripping out because I feel like I've always been a spiritual being and I would trip out to being able to channel my spirit and separate my spirit from my flesh. And then I would snap back into my flesh and be so tripped out that this is what God chose for me to look like in my flesh because I knew myself more in spirit, if that makes sense. So I would try to channel it for as long as I could. And as I got older, I just started losing it. I started getting depressed and I started feeling things. Well, I always felt things very deeply, like extremely deeply, a lot deeper than everybody ever. And I always had such a deeper understanding of life. I just, my, my views of everything was just so fucking deep and I never knew how to articulate it. I never knew how to put my deep understanding of life into words. And um, I had a few spiritual encounters after that. Um, I was, I want to say I was like 13 years old when my, um, when my Nina, the one whose house we were at that I rolled down, she came to me in a dream because one of my cousins was having problems with like her ex. And she came to me in a dream and she told us to not leave the house that day. And like I, remember in my dream my nina was like you need to tell your cousin you guys cannot leave the house do not leave the house and i woke up frantic and i told my cousin like i swear to you my tia came to me in my dream and we cannot leave the house today like we cannot and she believed me like she she knew i was so convicted like we can't so there was that experience and then when i was a little bit after that, right, I started trying to explore, like, at this point, I knew I was different. I knew I was different, and I was like, all right, like, I know I feel spirits. <laughs> I know I see spirits. I've been seeing them since I was a fucking baby. Like, I feel them, and I started trying to explore, like, okay, what if I can you know, like, am I a fucking psychic or something, you know, but then I would get weirded out with shit like that, I was like, what the fuck, you know, but I started looking into, like, your third eye, and opening that portal, and um, meditating, and things like that, and honestly, I got freaked the fuck out, because I was like, hell no, I am not about to open no portal for no fucking demon to have access to my spirit, and what it really was, is I didn't feel spiritually equipped to even go down that avenue, I knew I believed in God. I knew God was with me, but I did not feel that I was ready to engage in potential spiritual warfare. And I felt more comfortable being worldly. I felt more comfortable pushing that side of myself away 
and just wanting to be quote unquote normal. You know, I didn't want to feel hella deeply. I didn't want to be so sensitive to people's uh, energy. I didn't want to see spirits. I didn't, I didn't want that responsibility in my adolescence, you know? And then I, I reached a point in questioning like, why me? Why the fuck do I have to feel things so deeply? Why do I have to think of things so differently? Like if I was just fucking normal and superficial like everybody else, maybe I wouldn't feel so outcasted, you know? And I, I started looking at it as a negative for a, a, a long time. And I reached, I reached uh, 18 or 19 years old and my man's, well, he was our friend, but he was also our upstairs neighbor. He ended up passing away. And about a week later, I got up in the middle of the night and I saw his spirit standing in the hallway and it freaked me the fuck out. And I mean, I fell back into the door. I was like, bitch, you're crazy. What the fuck? You have not had a, a encounter like this in years. Like I didn't know how to process it in like, I used to tell Marco, Marco was the first person that I, I used to tell, like, I, I could, I could feel shit, you know, and I didn't, it wasn't something that I went and just told people because I knew people probably thought I was fucking crazy, you know, so when I felt safe enough to tell Marco, I feel like he always believed me, I feel like he did always believe me, but I feel like that night to feel the conviction of what I had just seen, I feel like it really set it in stone for him. And um, it really set it in stone for me. <laughs> you know, because now I'm older. Now I, I know a little bit more about myself. I know the kind of person a little bit more of how I want to be. And I finally just fucking accepted that, listen, Amy, this ain't nothing new to you. Like, stop running from it. At the time, I was going through hella shit, too. And... um then began my healing journey. And when I when I really started to focus on healing, right, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I, I genuinely didn't know. And, and the only thing that I could think of to do was to start meditating. So for those of you who don't know, when me and my man were really down bad and I was like trying to make myself spiritually strong to leave him, um, I used to meditate. I used to go out in the sun and I would meditate because instinctually, I felt like I was getting so consumed by the world that that was weakening my spiritual strength. And I knew that I felt the most strong when I was in nature. And I knew this because that's how I was growing up. I, I felt home in nature. So my healing journey was returning back to what I know, which was nature, which is why I started meditating. And I remember like, Marco would laugh at me. He'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm, I'm just, I would just ignore him. Like, I'm soaking up the sun. I'm feeling the earth. And I'm feeling at home. And I kid you not, me meditating gave me the strength to leave him when I needed to leave him. And then I, I, I proved to myself, like, see, you're not fucking crazy. Like, you know what, what you got to do. And you know that it's it's spiritual. Like, it's it's spiritual shit. You got to work spiritually on yourself. And, um, I fell off after that for a little bit. You know, I, I kind of got too cocky in thinking that, oh, okay, I can handle it. Like I could, you know, I got myself out of this situation and, you know, I, I thought I gave myself just enough Jesus to get <laughs> ahead. And I was very much humbled because I realized, oh shit, 
you can't get too cocky and think that you don't need God no more. You can't only call upon him when you need him. And then as soon as you're living right, kick him to the curb because you think that, okay, Jesus, you took the wheel for a little bit. Now I'm going to take the wheel back. No. And I learned this the hard way. And so I fell off again. And then again, when I really, really chose to heal, I sat with myself and I said, think back to when you felt the most you. And I and I thought about when I was little and I thought about the purity that I had in the innocence that I had. And I thought about how I felt the earth so deeply and I thought about how I felt home, like I'm at home in every element. I was always at home if I'm swimming in water. And I don't mean just pool water. I mean like river water, lake water, like I'm at home if I'm in the sky, looking at the sky. I'm at home if I'm laying in grass. I'm at home if I'm feeling the heat of a fire. Like those elements made me feel at home. I felt like I felt all of them, like all of them were a part of me. And so I I took myself back to memories of being a child and feeling that feeling. And I held on to it. And I told myself, I'm not going to let this feeling go because I know somewhere in those feelings has to be me, the real me. Not the me that's hurt by life, not the me that hurt by my parents or hurt by my man or or hurt by everything done to me. That 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 person that felt that is the real me. And in that same in that same thought, I remembered that angel on the horse that I saw. And somehow that just it just it just gave me this epiphany that I need to put God first. And I started doing that and I, I, I returned back to who I was before the world had corrupted my spirit. And by corrupted my spirit, I mean, trauma has a way of turning you into somebody that you never thought that you could be. Pain has a way of making these survival instincts come out of you that you think are protecting you, but really it's, it's counterproductive to your potential. And I started to re-embrace faith because when I was little and I felt disconnected to a higher power, I knew that there was nothing that I had to fear because that higher power was always with me. And I grew up, I was baptized Catholic. I grew up Christian. And one of my grandpa's He's super Christian and he used to always tell me, Amy, you need to go to church. Christianity is where it's at. Things like that. And I would always tell him like, Grandpa, I don't fuck with religion. Like, I don't. It's it's not religion for me. It's relationship. Like, I have my own relationship with God. And I kid you not, three years ago uh, at a Thanksgiving dinner, my grandpa pulled me to the side and he was like, you know, Amy, I finally realized what you meant me, huh? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, you always used to tell me when I would tell you that you need to go to church and you need to read your Bible and you need to, you know, get get close to Christianity. He was like, and you always used to tell me, Grandpa, I know God. I know him. Like, I don't need, I don't need Christianity or religion to to reaffirm to me that I know God. He's like, it's about relationship, not religion. And I was like, oh, yes. This is literally what I've been trying to tell you my whole life. (laughs) While everyone made me feel fucking crazy, 
But I, I knew this so young because I always had God. And remember that I told you that I used to have an invisible friend and I used to ask that friend to please make me great, to make me help the world. Now that I've healed from all the adversity in my life, I realize I didn't have an invisible friend. I had God. And I was asking God to make me great so that I could help the world. And as I sit here and I tell you guys my testimony, I now understand that this is him answering my prayer. This is him answering my request. I didn't know how I was going to help the world. I didn't even know what I was asking for. But now that I have embraced him in my life the way I embraced him when I was younger, I see it and I feel it so clearly. And I am, I, I just, the amount of peace that I feel knowing that nobody in this fucking world, no amount of science, no amount of logic, no amount of people projecting their trauma can convince me that God is not real. Nobody can. I have seen spirits myself. I have felt the Lord myself and I have always had him with me. And yes, I always looked like the crazy person, but I have overcame the worst of the worst things. And I'm not going to give myself the glory for that because it wasn't until I turned to God again that I was able to actually get through my pain and navigate through my traumas and then receive the wisdom to come on here and share with you guys what I've learned through testimony. So if I look like a fucking crazy person quack and I'm trying to push God onto you and all this shit, like I fucking take it because can't no one take this shit from me. Can't can't no one throw dirt on my God's name when I see the miracles that he has worked in my life. When I know since I could barely fucking talk that he was real. When, when I'm here, you know, um, and this is why a spiritual foundation is so important. It is so important because no matter how far you stray in life, no matter how many mistakes you make, how much you fuck up, when you have a a spiritual foundation that's strong, you are going to come back to what you know. And what you know is going to get you through the hardest times of your life. And I truly, truly believe that the best thing that you could do for everyone around you is to stand in your conviction and your testimony and preach about God's glory. And 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 not preach about it in the sense that you're quoting scripture. I mean, step into your testimony without shame 
We live in this world where people want to have hardcore facts that they see in front of their face. And I could sit here and I could talk about God all day and people will still look at me and be like, well, where's your facts behind it? Well, where's this and where's that? The fuck you mean? I am the fucking proof. I am the pr- the proof. You is looking at the proof. It's right here. <laughs> I am the testimony. I am the science. I am the fact that God is real because I couldn't have done this shit by myself. And I, and I hope that people, I hope that people start putting God first. And you know what? I'm, I'm extremely hopeful. Okay. Because I see, I see the climate of society, right? And I see how people are, 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 a lot of people are godless. A lot of people are rejecting God, you know, but equally, I see a lot of people turning to him again. I see a lot of people, you know, the, the wave is getting parted. The sea is getting parted again. And on one side, we have the people that don't believe in God. And on the other side, we got the people that are going through this, 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 uh, adjustment in life people that are going through this this adversity in life and they are turning to him they're turning to him and they're getting they're getting back to their roots they're 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 wanting to know herbs again and plants again they're going outside and stepping barefoot and getting grounded again they're they're laying in water and listening to themselves breathe and just being one with the earth and the elements they're stargazing and looking at the moon and and letting that energy rise and i know it's god's work yeah there's a lot of evil in this world and yeah there's a lot of of corruption happening and yeah there's a lot of godless souls but there's twice as many fearless souls that will go to war on God's behalf. And I don't mean war in in the sense of violence. I mean war in the sense of love. Because when you know God and you have faith in God, you know that no attack holds weight against you. And you know that in your love and your true love of thy enemy, you rebuke attacks thrown at you. So you don't even fear it. I don't fear it. I don't fear talking about God. I don't fear the repercussions. I don't fear the malojo that people might throw my way, the energy that they might throw my, my way, because I know I'm equipped in spiritual warfare. And I'm going to tell you this, okay? When I was growing up, I used to have this repeated dream where I vividly, would picture myself on a horse and I had almost like you could describe it almost like Aztec clothing and I just looked like a warrior and I remember just I would have those dreams and in my sleep I would feel the strength of 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 myself and then I would morph I would morph into a huge black panther that sounds crazy, but I would. And in my dream, I was just this huge, fearless Black Panther that I, I literally would, would walk on trees in my dream and I could feel the bark on my paws. I could smell the wood. That's how vivid these dreams were. And I knew that it was my ancestors speaking to me 
and it's the animals guiding me because we're all one. Okay, we're all one. I tell my kids all the time, smell the flower, thank the flower for being here, the plants for being here, thank them. Thank them for the oxygen that they give you. You know, an appreciation for what is. And, And my spiritual foundation has taught me that. And my spiritual foundation is what allows for me to not internalize people that don't understand me. And I I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think that the stronger you are spiritually, the more you know your purpose in life and the stronger your armor becomes. And I think if we collectively embrace that spiritual side of us, if we collectively shamelessly speak about the miracles that God has worked in our life, then collectively we are uplifting the whole energetic field of world, the world, of men, of man. And people feel that shit. You can't deny the Holy Spirit when you feel it. I mean, people could try all day to act like they don't feel it, but they do. And equally so, you guys, I freaking, I've had some bad encounters spiritually. I have. But I'll save that for another podcast where I tell you guys, that the Lord proved to me that I am equipped in spiritual warfare. But um, <laughs> that is for a whole other episode. So that breaks down the end of this one. And I hope that you guys, um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this one. A little insight on me and why I am the way that I am and think the way that I think. I'm embracing it now more than ever. And I encourage you to embrace yourself. Embrace what you were called to do because each of us were called to do things differently and no longer be ashamed to love God and put him first. All right, y'all. I am out of here. Remember all love always, always peace out.